What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Rivalry, episode 13, and we got a good one for you. It's uh, If you like Illinois basketball, if you've been a fan of Illinois basketball for some time, you're really going to like this one. Kyle and I um, get to talk to somebody who was with that 0405 uh, championship team all year. He was at it every practice, at all the games. And still talks to some of the players on that team, still friends with them. And so we get some good insight and some good stories. And uh, we actually recorded this back in December and have just kind of been waiting for the right time to put it out there. Um, with an extra week before the Super Bowl, we thought uh, kind of now is the time. So hope you guys enjoy it. I know Kyle and I had a lot of fun talking to him. And let's go. Okay, so we're back here, and we're joined by uh, Tuscola alum, Matt McCumber. He has been all over uh, college basketball, worked for um, you know a lot of schools. I'm not even going to name them all. Matt can kind of go through that if he wants, but it was a lot <laughs> when I got the list. But ones of note, he was with uh, Illinois as a manager, grab manager. Did you do anything else for Illinois there, Matt? No, that was just okay. it. Just student manager for four years, yeah. Okay, and then um, went to Texas A&M from there? Correct. Worked yep. for a year with Billy Gillespie. Billy Gillespie, Billy boy. And then a uh, yeah. couple other places, K-State with uh, Bruce Weber. So, um, and then Tennessee Bruce. Martin in the OVC. So, Bruce! So... <laughs> But uh, Matt, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, I mean, obviously, we want to talk basketball with you, but uh, I think uh, I'm going to tease it. And what we all really want to talk about is that 0405 Illinois basketball squad that you were uh, you got to see in action every night. So uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it, guys. It's uh, always good to uh, connect with my 217 brethren. So, uh, I, I do appreciate it. And I'm, I'm here. Uh, I'm happy to give you a little insight on that 0405 team and a, a little bit of, uh, my coaching journey. For sure, man. So Matt's coming to us from Dallas, Texas. Uh, you're not like a Cowboys fan, are you? No, I'm, I'm fly Eagles fly. So I'm the oh, worst, the worst here. Worse, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Trust me. I don't, I don't say that proudly here in Dallas. I, I, <laughs> I bet. Dead. Yeah, you got to be careful of that down there. So that's exactly right. But uh, so, Matt, what uh, I'm assuming you've been keeping up with uh, with Illinois basketball this year. What do you think of this year's team? Yeah, I have. I've I've probably watched about eighty percent of uh, their games so far. Missed a couple halves here and there, but um, I do like the improvement. Uh, of course, I think they got better talent on their roster. Um, obviously, Kofi helps out tremendously because those mistakes on the defensive end that they had the last couple of years that ended up in dunks and layups sometimes yeah. <laughs> multi, you know, in, in the double figures, a game, he erases those and he, he helps clean up, you know, errors on the defensive end. So that's, that's one thing I noticed uh, Two, Obviously I think Georgie's still trying to figure out how to play with them a little bit, but the inside game points in the paint. I mean, that's, Away and beyond better than what it was because we were Illinois was so much a perimeter team, guard oriented team the last two years. So that's that's a 
second thing. And then thirdly, just the whole defensive scheme, I think, has changed for the better um, with Underwood. I mean, he played that type of style at Oklahoma State where he was high and deny. That left mm-hmm. a lot of his guys dry um, <laughs> on back cuts and whatnot. Um, and I think he's gone to a little bit more of a, a pack line here lately, um, which is, I, I think, a welcome sign. And they're really trying to keep the ball out of the middle, which at the end of the day, if you can keep the ball on the side, you're going to have pretty good uh, success. Sure. Yeah, cut, totally the, cut the court in half a little bit. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Kofi makes up for a lot of uh, – a lot of little mistakes, or it allows your guards and and wings to be more aggressive. I think too, in certain spots, knowing that they got somebody back there to, to kind of help them out a little bit at the rim. So, absolutely, and that's the other thing. One thing they're not as they're not fouling as much, sure. Which you know, at the, end, the last two years, they, a lot of te- I mean, they teams were getting twenty five, thirty points from the free throw line, or at least attempts, and uh, that just kills you in close games. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a welcome sign to have, have Kofi there. We, I'm, I kept trying to think, and uh, I was trying to think of the last uh, presence that we had, maybe close to Kofi. And the only person I could think of who not as good as Kofi was like Sean Pruitt. <laughs> it's not yeah, the last I, body we had like that in there. I, I was gonna say that it probably goes back to him, um, just somebody that can eat up space. Um, semi semi athletic um and uh you know like like we talked about rebound and erase mistakes but man was Sean Pruitt hard to watch <laughs> yeah you you know uh, he it was one of those where i think he came into basketball thinking he was a little better than he was um and he, i think he got humbled a little bit at the university of illinois and he was um, a freshman on that 0405 team wasn't he he was. I like didn't so see the he, floor, but right. He took a lot of bumps that first year. Um, of course, you're a freshman, but I mean, you're playing against the likes of, you know, James Augustine. Obviously, you got Warren Carter in there. Um, you know, Roger, whoever, uh, Roger, right? A uh, Roger, just a bull in a china shop, right? Uh, he, even though Roger, you know, played the four, um, but still, you know, I mean, he got beat up every day. Nick Smith. Nick Smith, yeah. Nick's good on Sean Pruitt a little bit. <laughs> of course. And, well, and, yeah, I mean, Nick was perimeter a lot, but 7-2, um, 7-2. And good sure. luck trying to score uh, over top of Nick Smith, which is not happening. So, all right. Well, we've already, like, led into the 0405 season. I couldn't wait to get into it. So, uh, so let's go. That I was looking up um, that season because, you know, I was – a uh, sophomore in high school, sophomore, junior in high school when that was kind of all going down. And, you know, that's been 13 years now. So hard for me yeah. to know. It's been 14 years now. So Four- it's been hard to remember all that. But uh, so get a one seed in the tournament. And I was kind of looking through the tournament and stuff. And I'll always remember where I was for the Elite Eight game against Arizona. Like, Absolutely. Down- down 15 with three minutes to go and and force overtime and end up winning that game. Uh, I imagine that was insane to be at that game. It, it was I, the range of emotions. Um, I remember just being so pumped up for the game. I mean, you had pros all over the court, 
It oh, was high-level high basketball at its best uh, with the Final Four on the line. It was a back-and-forth game pretty much all first half, a little bit in the second half, and then it just got away from us. And it was like one of those where, you know, like, man, how, how is this happening? Um, our season, like, we've just been unbelievable all year, and it's going to come down to this. Like, we can't get past. Uh, and Channing Fry. Yeah, Channing Fry and Salim Stoudemire and, um, you know, I mean, they, they have players, but um, it, it was just, I felt like a huge letdown. I remember sitting on the end of that bench and kind of saying to myself, well, it was a good run, you know, with about eight yeah. minutes, seven minutes in the game. And then we made a basket. We got a stop. We got a steal. Got another basket. You just felt the momentum just building and building and building. And we, I think Coach Weber took a couple timeouts during that last four-minute segment, and it they got to a point in the huddle where we, the look in our guys' eyes, like Luther Head had this look in his eyes that he was not going to be denied. And you, Yeah, and you just knew, like, hey, man, I, I, I think we're really going to do this. Um, and that steal by D at half court, the pass – to Darren for the three to tie the game. I it, it was just pandemonium. I've never like me growing up as a as a kid in nearby Tuscola, Illinois, went to go to the University of Illinois, watching Illinois basketball my whole life. Like that was a, the culmination of everything right there. Like that's how much it meant to me. And sure, it, yeah. it, it was just an unbelievable moment. It it was nuts. I, I remember we we're at the uh the Kling household there in Tuscola, a group of us yeah. got together to watch that game. And um, I'm sure there were points in that game where I was ready to give up on him. But, uh, dude, Darren was such a stud. And I'm, I miss him in the NBA. Like, he just <laughs> fell off so fast. I don't know what happened. He started worrying about golf too much, I guess. So. Well, he is, he is quite the golfer. Um, yeah, I've seen his know, Twitter. I, He's all yeah, about it. He, he goes on a back trip. That. Yeah, well, hey, I, I would too. You're retired NBA. I mean, I'd be golfing every day um, and going to places that he's going to, you know. Uh, you know, I think he had some some uh, injury issues in the league towards more towards sure. the end of his career. You know, he had that, the ankle issue that was always bothering him. And, I yeah, obviously I wish he could have hung around for a little bit longer. But when he – in his prime, those those three to four years – with the he jazz, was, man. Yeah, he was really good. I I wonder now if you go back and ask him, hey, what I would have done the jazz thing a little bit differently. Sure. Um, you know, with Jerry Sloan and stayed there instead of hey, money's money. And he got, I think, six years, ninety nine and a half million max contract. Like and you're going to New York, which is Yeah, it was to go to Brooklyn, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, it was go to yeah. Brooklyn. It was um obviously the major market in the NBA and, you know, endorsement deals and all that. I get it. You know, I, w I, I went to visit him when he was in Brooklyn and there was, there were billboards on the street when I was in his car riding after a game. Like, it's just crazy to me, you know, but at the same time, you were time, in the car with Darren Williams driving down the after, streets of Brooklyn. That's correct. I, I went, he, I was able to go there for about three days. I stayed at his, uh, place with his wife who i know very well she's an illinois grad and their kids and um he let me stay there slept on the couch 
And he couldn't um, put you up in the guest bed. Come on, <laughs> hey man, they, he he's got a whole he's had a whole uh, crew of kids. He's got like four or five kids. So, <laughs> I, hey, I I was happy to sleep on that couch. I I got uh, to go to I'll two sleep games. In the car. Yeah, exactly. Uh, trust me, the car was nice enough. Um, <laughs> I got to go to two games. Both both times we sat in his own personal family suite, and uh, everything was paid for and. But yeah, I, I always remember I rode with him home one night and the Nets gave him two bodyguards that were with him 24-7 basically at his beck and call. And he had a driver, so his wife could call the driver. They were driving to the games and all that. But um, the bodyguards flanked him on both sides of the street in his car on the way home until he made it home. And outside of the arena he pulled over and signed autographs with some of the fans that were out there waiting for him and i just remember this guy running up to the car i'm like who who is this and i thought it was, it was like it was the secret service people it, it just making sure that you know nobody was trying to get in his car or anything like that so it was wild that's awesome oh man so yeah he took care of me so, okay, I got off track there talking about Darren, but uh, so I was looking at it and I forget uh, first round of that tournament, we were like only beating Fairly Dickinson by one at halftime. I want to know what that locker room was like at half. Like you are 34, 33 and one at this point one. In the season and you're beating yeah. Fairly Dickinson by one point at halftime and like as you're the one seed. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I remember it. I, it was one of those, that, though, that, and I think that's why this team was able to win versus Arizona being down 15 with three and some change left. They had this confidence about them that they were going to win regardless. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody was nervous in that locker room. I just think of like, hey, we didn't take care of business in the first half. Like, we know what we got to do. Let's go out and do it kind of thing. Sure. Um, obviously, Fairly Dickinson, you know, they had nothing to lose. They came out guns blazing. I, I, we probably didn't respect them uh, from the jump at the beginning, but it, there was no panic. Um, we had all, you know, senior, junior, senior guys on the team. Uh, they had won in tough situations all year. So um, I, it, it never really crossed their mind that, you know, that was something that was going to happen. Right. All right. So, and I was like, so then we beat uh, uh, Nevada and Milwaukee Correct. before. So it kind of seemed like I don't remember. I guess, like I said, it's been so long. I don't remember the run that well, but I don't remember Milwaukee and Nevada being, you know, great teams. So we, so I'm, I'm guessing there were upsets there. Yeah. So Nevada had Nick Fizikas on the team. Do you remember him, oh, big guy? Yes, I yeah. do. So he, he, I think he might've been whack player of the year. Um, if not, I mean, he was first team all whack, but, um, good player. Uh, but he was, it was kind of a one man show. And, um, I think we handled them pretty easy. One by double digits. Yeah. One by 12. Um, yeah. Okay. And then if you remember, Bruce Pearl was at Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Um, uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. So he was, so it was kind of a big game, especially for Illinois fans um that you know we take care of business there and he he yeah obviously they won i think two games that they shouldn't have won i think they were a double digit seed um but uh 
it was one of those where it was kind of scary going in the game. Yeah, we were confident, but they were playing out of their minds. And right. you just never know. Them. Yeah. Team you just gets never hot know like that. March. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, like take Lola Chicago, for instance, you know, sure. they, their final four run, um, you know, they make a couple shots and then, you know, you just can't stop the momentum. So it was a big game. We were playing in Chicago, close to Milwaukee. They had a lot of fans there too. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, we, we took care of business and did what we had to. Yeah. Handled them. You know, we talked about the Arizona game, handled Louisville in the final, that final four matchup. Um, like end up surprisingly yeah yeah surprisingly well and i'll two things i'll always remember the roger powell missed three and put back dunk all in the same play which was <laughs> amazingly athletic like you just don't see that followed his own rebound and and caught it and dunked it and then after yeah, but the that game, means you know that's how badly he knew he missed that three. <laughs> yes, possibly true. That's, that is not going to lie on that. I get it. Like, oh, um, shit. I better follow yeah. that in. <laughs> but I'll give him credit. At least he did. At least he didn't right. start backpedaling. Um, and then I remember, yeah, we won pretty handily. And, you know, we do all of our interviews and everything. And we just walked from the dome to a nearby pizza place and just ate pizza as a team, like just out in the public, like, like, Hey, you know, just business as usual. Um, got like coach, coach Weber was just like that. He was that kind of guy. He was a, uh, just a regular guy. He wanted to go have a pizza and, uh, maybe an adult beverage or he probably didn't drink, but (laughs) we call him Bruce lights. He likes his Miller light. Yeah, he does. So, um, yeah, the Bruce lights, but, um, yeah, you know, it was just like business as usual. And, um, we got a practice in that next day and went on to play North Carolina the following Monday. All right. So that brings me to the North Carolina game, the bad part of this segment. Oh man, that's right. We, I mean, that game, I was looking back on it. Uh, we're down 13 at half. It got to 15 at one point. We go on a run, tie it up, um, or we go on a run, get it to like four. Then they go back on a run, get up ten. Then we tie it up, um, tie it up at sixty-five, sixty-five. Then it gets tied again at seventy, seventy. Um, Marvin Williams puts back a McCann Smith, and then Felton gets a steal, makes one of the free throws, and seventy-three, seventy. And uh, Luther got a decent look for three to tie that game yeah. and missed it. And then Felton makes two free throws in it and that ices it. Um, but I remember the one thing I remember, and I actually thought it, my, my memory says it was more egregious than what the numbers say it was, but it just right. I feeling like Sean May was just getting every call <laughs> in the paint. Like James Augustine played nine minutes that game. Championship I know. Game, it's nine minutes. Yeah, it, it's really a disservice to James. I mean, I felt terrible for him, obviously for our team as well. But um, it, Sean May, I'll give him credit for this. He used his body incre- incredibly well. Uh, you know, he his undersized. broad shoulders. Yeah, undersized. He was playing the five um, when he really didn't have any business playing the five. Right. Um, and he was smart. He was a senior. He knew how to draw fouls. Um, he was crafty in that way. 
There was a little game and gamesmanship there. Um, but I think he baited James into two fouls that should have really never have happened. Now, if James was a freshman, okay, yeah, that that's freshman James where he was in foul trouble a lot. But we're talking junior James where it's a little bit different here. Um, right. I and yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. You would have, I, I would have loved to seen James play twenty twenty five minutes, what he, his normal playing time. See what the result would have been. Obviously, you can't go back and change that. Um, but I don't know. It was just what happened. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about right. it. But like I said, I, I think it had to do more with Sean May than the rest at, you know, certain points of the game. No, Matt, that's not how we do this. Okay. We blame <laughs> things on the refs. Okay. It wasn't right. Illinois fault. Okay. We got screwed. We got hosed. All right. That's how yeah. we do this. Now, the good thing Illinois had is they had a decent back. I was a huge Jack Ingram fan. Like, yeah. Unsung uh, hero, in my opinion. Because th- And didn't he hit – maybe it was overtime or something. I thought I remember him hitting a big three in that Arizona game too. He um, did. Yeah. He, late, he, had, so. he had big buckets throughout the entire year, it seemed like. If we needed a three, yeah, a pick and pop, I mean, he was a perfect guy. He had great form. He worked on it. He never complained. Um, he just did his job. And that was one of the things that made that team great. They just did their job. Yeah. And um, I, Jack is a great dude. Um, we, without him, I, I don't know. It, I, I can tell you one thing. We wouldn't have been a one-loss team during the regular season. Yeah. So the August team only played nine minutes. I mean, Sean May was 26 and 10. Luther had 21 in the championship game. Darren was his, you know, 17 and 7. So was Felton. So, like, those are some of the numbers. But the, the biggest stat that I couldn't believe it when I saw it was Illinois' three point shooting that game. Do you have any idea what, what, uh, what we shot from three in the championship game? Um, I don't, but I bet if I had to guess, probably. 22 percent all right it was better than that it's 30 percent but that's okay. not the alarming part the alarming part is we took 40 threes in that game wow i yeah that's 12 that's of 40 and that, you lose I, by five yeah i i did not know that i didn't realize it or i mean obviously i didn't remember but um i couldn't believe it when i saw it wow yeah that's that's a lot that's that's probably ten too many, especially with that with that percentage. Um, obviously, we had good three point shooters; they were good all year. Um, right. But uh, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, just think, I mean, even get get, get me to fifteen of forty. Like, I was say fourteen more. of forty, you win. Yeah, right, right, right. Like that's sickening um, to think about. It really, it really is. Um, and I, like you said, I remember the play being drawn up for Luther in the huddle. It, it was kind of the elevator play where they shut the door, and he yeah. comes through. And two guys I, – I remember Coach, I can see him right now, drawing it up. And it was a good look. Like you say, he just missed it. Yeah. And he, t- he took that ha- really hard in the locker room. He was – he was his emotions were – you know, he was crying. Uh, there was a lot of tears, I mean, to be honest. But um, it was – Luther said he he felt like he lost the team the game, and 
you know, everybody went to him afterwards. Hey, man, don't you know, we're we were right. here because of you <laughs> and, uh, you know, the whole team. But, um, you know, he had high standards for himself and he just felt like he had let the team down. Yeah. So, yeah, we were 38 percent from the field, too. Wow. Yeah. Which was both unusual. I just feel like that, I mean, when you're playing from behind, like a team that's that athletic and just has has the guard play that they have, like, I mean, threes are very appealing because you're yeah, trying to chip away at the, you're trying to chip away at the lead. And I mean, you know, D and, and Darren and Luther, I mean, like, uh, you know, a three is, is, is a solid, a solid shot if you're open. I, I don't know that I like would say that forty is ridiculous, uh, just with kind of where the game was at. But yeah, I mean, for the for the percentage, I don't know that. I mean, I, I would I would be interested to look back at the games and see like what was their lowest percentage. Um, yeah, you know, from three and see see kind of where they were at. I just felt like it was a, a combination of you know the calls were going North Carolina way. Right, uh, refs, the refs hosed us. Yeah. Can't forget that. Well, yeah, so, so I mean that that was tough, but like the shots, I feel like it, it was an aggressive, you know, kind of offense, which you know we're trying it to get was. as many points as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, it just kind of it, 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 I feel like I feel like had had we probably gone to the rack a little more and gotten some free throws. I mean, that was a great free throw like team. And oh yeah. I, I don't know what I don't know what the how many free throws they they took in the championship game, but I would imagine that that was something where you, you're talking five points or, or whatever. Like you get that at the free throw line if you just you know start attacking the the rim instead of taking those you know three pointers. Right. Right. Now, I mean, forty when you're coming from behind, like you said, forty is not so alarming. It's just so alarming when the number in front of it's a twelve. Uh, right. And, yeah. And it's thirty percent, and you shot thirty-eight percent on the field. No, Mike, you might be able to make twelve out of forty. Well, pointers. so to your point, to your point, it's not uh, like when you're a great shooter like they are. It's even when you miss a couple, you don't want to just stop taking them. You know, the right? Next, if anybody who's played with me on Sunday, like next one's going in. And I, <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I believe that, and I will believe that after I've missed ten in a row. But the eleventh <laughs> one's going in. Okay, so I, I get because it. you're a shooter. That's yeah. right. Not a good one, but I'll shoot it. <laughs> right. But, yeah. So I mean, I get where they're coming from. So it's just it was that number stuck out to me when you lose by five and you go twelve of forty from downtown. On the other hand, so we're thirty-eight from the field, thirty from three, and then on the other side, they're fifty-two percent from the field and fifty-six percent from three. They were nine of sixteen from three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those I, things when you go back and look at it and you see numbers like that, and it's just and it's that close of a game and Sean May goes twenty six and ten, you're just like, Man, we were just I feel like we were the better team. And it just right. wasn't our fight. Um I and I don't ever remember Coach Weber saying, you know, don't stop shooting threes or, you know, anything like that. It was always aggressive. So uh, you know, we didn't do anything out of the ordinary that we haven't done all season. Um, kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I got no problem with it. Like you said, maybe for the percentage, maybe a little less. But, yeah, that surprises me. I did not know it was like that. Yeah. So, regular season, we started, man, started the year 29-0. and 0, And then 
freaking I don't even remember his first name. I don't Matt care. No, Matt Sylvester. Sylvester hits that yeah. freaking shot up against us. Was that at Ohio State though? It was. It was. It was. Um, but I I remember it like it was yesterday because of um, just the reaction we had. The fans, the Ohio State, the Ohio State student section um, was right there at the end of our bench in the end zone, and they were giving us crap all game, you know, because hey, we're you know we're we're undefeated, you know. Right. It was they were throwing insults, all this stuff, and then when he hit that shot, um. I just remember them running out on the court and oh man, they were in our face. They were, they were giving us elbows, this and that. And, um, not, not anything malicious, but just, it, it was wild. And I couldn't believe he hit that shot. I, it, it was a prayer. Oh yeah. He was like leaning. It wasn't like a set, like wide open three either. No, uh, it wasn't at all. It, it was near the coach's box where that little line jets out. Yeah. You know, it, it was over to the sideline like that. And I mean, sometimes you got to tip your hat, but I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. No, I'm not tipping my hat to Matt Sylvester. <laughs> but, uh, so, but I imagine, so that's one of those things. Anytime something like that happens to an undefeated team that late in the year and stuff, it's one of those, you get the people who, are trying to put a positive spin on it. Like, oh, maybe, you know, they needed to lose the game and that'll, you know, it'll make it better, take a little pressure off them, you know, come tournament time, stuff that they're not an undefeated team and blah, 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 blah. But I imagine in the locker room, nobody was looking at it that way after the game. No, no, we were not, we, you know, we were pissed. I mean, that, that would have been, I don't, I can't tell you the last time a team, had gone the whole regular season undefeated. Um, I, I forget. I mean, I, I remember we were we were talking about it a little bit, but uh, you know, it was in the news. Uh, but you know, it, it had been some time since the, a team had gone undefeated the whole regular season, and yeah. we wanted that. Like we wanted to be that team, um, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be uh, for some odd reason. But you know. Hey, we, we made it in the national championship game too. So I'll take that over being an undefeated regular season team. Oh, for sure. And we took care of business in the Big Ten tournament. But I and I was looking at Illinois schedule that year. So they lose the game against Ohio State. But other than that, they played like an overtime win against Iowa and yeah. like an eight point game against Michigan. But like other than that, dude, they just like they kind of handled business in the Big Ten. Like there the weren't very many close year. games. Yeah. No. At all. I remember the Iowa game. Um, we were at Iowa, and our none of the water in the hotel worked. <laughs> and we were all trying to take showers the day of the game and get ready and everything. We had no no water. Um, and I, I kind of re- vaguely remember there was something wrong with the food, too. I don't know what it was. Not that we got food poisoning or anything, but... There, there was an issue with the catering at the hotel. It just was a terrible experience. Um, okay, I Iowa think, pulling out all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't think we ever stayed there again. At least a lot, the couple years after. But um, yeah, it was just one of those, one of those trips where things were going wrong, and um, luckily we came out with a win. But I, 
that Iowa crowd is a good crowd. And, uh, of course, it was packed. And it, it's a tough place to play. And we, I don't think Illinois has historically played well there either. So, right. Um, just glad to win. All right. So who on that team was the biggest jerk? I need biggest, to know. Biggest jerk. Let's see. Like who uh, treated you? Cause you know, there's guys out there. They treat the managers like shit or something. Made you do their bitch work. Come on. I want to know. I mean, I I'll say this from the beginning when he got there, Darren, was oh, okay big time darren he knew it. big time and it, it started more you know i was on i was a sophomore when he was a freshman and i think he came he kind of came in so you like, had seniority i did and um he would and not so much like he wasn't mean mean but he would do they'd get like all the balls out and throw them outside and of up in basketball complex and we'd have to go out chase them and we come <laughs> back and by that time then they'd lock all the do- he'd lock all the doors we couldn't get back in had to go all the way around um little things like that and um he could kind of be like a little just snotty with everything like like come on man like he 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 was very needy like i need new socks i need why my shoes ripped like go get me some new shoes like you know, stuff like that. And like, I don't want this piece of gum. Like, I want this. Go get me this gum. And, <laughs> but I will say by the end of our, the 0405 team, he was, he had matured a ton from his freshman year to his junior year. Like, he wasn't like that at all anymore. And like I said, he took great care of me when he was in the league. Like, he did a 180. And I think he just realized, like, we were there to make his life easier. So I better, right. you know, treat these dudes right. And he did, he figured it out, but I'll, I will say that his freshman year, he was big time in people. Hey, Darren, if you're listening to the rivalry <laughs> podcast, take it Come easy on, on the managers, Come man. On Let's it. go. Come on. It. Come on, dude. And, and, and represent yourself. But yeah, also, at the, also at the same time, like if you want to get me to a sweet golf course, I'm in on that too. But, <laughs> he can make it happen. Yeah. So, all right. So then, because when I was thinking back about this team, the guy I for, the guy I feel like the, everybody forgets about on that team is Roger Powell. Right. And so I imagine him as like the vocal leader, like keeping everybody in line during practice, like. Uh, making sure everybody's doing the right thing. Now, maybe I'm wrong. That just seems how it just how he comes I, off to me. But yeah, I, I would say maybe a little bit our, the senior year, uh, the 0405 year. But leading up to it, Roger was he was always a really hard worker, but he was also he was quiet. Was he? he? Yeah, he he kind of kept to himself. Like now, you know, he gets you in the gym. Hey, I want to make you know however many shots and, you know, we come rebound for me and everything like that. But, you know, during, during practice, he just let his play be his leadership. D was just took over practice every day. I mean, he, he was the vocal leader. Um, He got everybody in line. He called people out when they needed called out. And I think Roger benefited from that, but he knew, and everybody knew on the team that D was the leader, so they weren't even going to step on his toes, kind of thing. Nice. Um, yeah. So, 
I mean, that's that was Nirvana for the team because you would hope that your starting point guard is your leader. Um, and it doesn't always have to be, but usually the guy with the ball in his hands, most of the time you would like to have as your leader. Um, right, and for sure. it worked out that way for, for that team. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say Roger was more, just more, uh, just, I, I'm going to outwork you and I'm going to grab these old boards. I'm going to score on you. I'm going to dunk on you. I'm not going to say much. But my my play is going to do the talking. That's that's my favorite player on any team. Like if you're just going to go, like it's almost like the Kawhi Leonard. Like I'm the board. Absolutely. Man. Like the board man gets paid. Like I love that mentality of, of obviously like you have to have a leader, and I feel like the Illini right now don't know who that is, and so like that right. is something that I feel like if we could figure out, that would be great. But at the same time, like, there's something to buying into roles that, yep. you know, I mean, that, like, I felt like that team, it was always kind of interesting because, I mean, they had so much talent, but if you can get them to play their roles with their talent, like, that was what they did really well. Like, I feel like yep. everybody knew their role and everybody knew kind of like, hey, this is, this is my part to the team and I'm going to bring it every day. Yeah, no, I, I feel 100%. Like yeah. When you get, you know, when you get really successful teams, it's people buy into their roles and then that's that's what they do on a, you know, consistent basis on a almost game to game basis. You can count on this person to do, you know, X, Y and Z because like that's what they do every single game. And uh, uh, yeah, 100 um, percent. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just it was it was so interesting because, I mean, they had so much athleticism, they had so much talent, but to hear that, you know, D was leading, you know, Darren obviously had probably the most talent and, and was showing up, um, Luther, you know, I mean, adding into that, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's where I kind of like think of that team is just like a very well-rounded, everybody knew their role and everybody, you know, accepted their role. And every time it was just kind of like stepping on the court, I knew what I was you know supposed to do and I was going to do it. Yeah, right. And like, uh, and Matt, maybe you can speak to it more than we can. Obviously you were there, but it just didn't seem like, you know, if Luther's going off that like, and Darren and D finished with eight points a piece or something like who cared? Like they didn't care. You know what it, I mean? Or exactly. vice versa. If one of them, one of them goes off in a game, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you get, you get guys that have, you know, multiple or teams with multiple guards like that on the same team. And they're both trying to get theirs and, you know what I mean? There's a little jealousy factor, but that didn't seem to be the case with that team. No, not at all. And I, I would say two things that Coach Weber did, even though, you know, that team per se was, they were not his players. Obviously, Bill Self had recruited them here um, to Illinois, but he did really well with the fact of roles, like you said. He talked about roles throughout the entire year and until probably midway through Big Ten season and the roles have been defined and we didn't even have to discuss them anymore. There's some teams I've been on coaching with some teams. You talk about roles the entire season and you never get it figured out. Um, so we were lucky in that regard. And you're right. It, he, Coach Weber always harped on, if your team wins, you are going to get – everybody's going to get the accolades, which ended up happening. Like Darren, he might have averaged like 12.8, 13.2, something is – 
you know, that year um, right. before he, that junior year. But he was the third pick in the NBA draft. We, we were on national TV almost every night because we won. And what happens when you win? Everybody gets exposure. Oh, Jack Ingram, who's he? Oh, he's hitting big shots. Like people start to recognize that's why Roger Powell had a shot in the NBA. That's why James Augustine had a shot in the NBA. That's why, you know, D, they all did. We're all, the whole starting five. And yeah. so I think the guys really bought in to the, like you said, the roles. And you have team success, everybody wins. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, Roger was, he was a selfish player at times, those, his first couple years. If, if he was getting the ball in the sand, I think he would tell you the same thing if he's being honest with himself. He got the ball in his hands. It was going up. And, you know, he, he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to score 20 points. Um, and, you know, I, I think he was probably maybe his dad was a really good player at Illinois State, scored a bunch of points there. I think his dad was probably in his ear like, hey, man, you got to take over. You got to do this and that. Right. But um, I think Roger matured and realized and found his role, like Kyle said, and he he was unbelievable at it. I mean, that's exactly he was the glue guy. Oh yeah, you, that team, that team um, isn't as good without a guy like the. I mean, you argue he was their fifth best starter, Roger Powell, um, right? As far as talent uh, and skill set goes, but he did all the dirty work, the the little stuff. So. He did. So all right, so I gotta ask what. What do you think the so you have a team like that and we're good the next year, which was next year was D senior year of the year we ran into Brandon Roy. Uh, yeah, that sounds Washington. right. And God, he was so yeah, good. Really good. And I wasn't there that year, so I don't know. Okay. I, my senior year was our oh four or five was that year. So yeah. So well, I guess what a my, way to go out. Uh, what no, a way yeah. to go out, though. Yeah, losing in the championship game. Good job. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got some uh I got a nice big fat shiny ring though, so it's all good. But um, I think a, a lot of people, um, you know, myself included to an extent, like I've obviously been around um Bruce a few times and 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 followed him just because, you know, obviously our mutual friend Dustin Yoder. Um, yeah, worked with them too. So, you know, I went to K. We went to K State. <laughs> went to some games, but uh, I think the, a lot of thing, a lot of people are upset about it or kind of talk bad about Bruce about it. Is you have that team and, and that class, and you just it drops so fast. It seemed like you know, how do you not turn that kind of that kind of success into better recruiting? Um, I don't know if you yeah. have anything on that or. No, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think Bruce Weber is who Bruce Weber is, and he's not going to change for anybody. And I think he saw Chicago recruiting. I mean, they had some players that were one of you know they got J- Jeremy Richmond out of there, uh, five star yeah, guy, sucked. which didn't didn't work out. Um, but I think Coach Weber was really hesitant of playing that Chicago game that comes with the territory of recruiting sometimes and i think some of those big name players that go elsewhere um looking for a handout whether it be derrick rose or you know cliff alexander or whatever there's there's always more to the story than people the public knows about and i'm not saying i know every detail here and there 
but it's just I, I think Bruce Weber was content with getting his type of player that he wanted. Well, and, and yes. I think that if, if we just think about kind of like what we're talking about with the roles, right, is that right. you know, if he's a big role-like guy, there's probably, you know, roles that he's thinking this person would play that maybe those players don't want to play. You know what right. I mean? Like maybe they, they just they, – like they want to be the, you know, main guy, but in, in the actual – you know, lineup like actually you're going to be you know the number two or number three option because like yeah. we have yeah you know, yeah but you don't tell them that in their living room well no 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 <laughs> you don't tell them that till they get to practice yeah <laughs> <laughs> and but but then there's that lies the problem see you recruit a player and you give them false promise and false hope then they come on campus and then you switch it up on them and then they're immediately unhappy. They want to transfer. This isn't what they promised me. They start calling their runner, their workout guy, their uncle, their dad, their mom. And then you got real big problems. So, and that's what I'm saying. I think Bruce Weber is who he is and who he wants to be. And he doesn't want to deal with that. And I'm not saying he hasn't, but um, it's just not him. And I think he probably passed on some guys. I, I think he tried. I think he right. I think he tried to do it the right way is the problem. And, you know, <laughs> you know, the end of the day, they decided to go elsewhere. And I can't speak to, you know, wherever they went and whatever, how they got there. But I think he wanted to lay his head down on the pillow every night and be, you know, happy about his program. Well, I mean, I, we know why he would have missed out on somebody if Louisville was recruiting at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> like, we can't we can't compete with that kind of recruitment. No, no, we can't. So so my question, uh, Matt, is you know, in 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 being with that team and just your experience with, you know, kind of all, all the teams you've been with, like what did you take from that team that you really kind of like you know used or you know, built off of with with your career um, moving forward from that 0405 team. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, when you're trying to recruit a player and you're trying to uh, evaluate while recruiting, is find the dudes that are ultra super competitive. Because at the end of the day, I don't think I, I will never be around a group of people that were that competitive. Um, and you know, I'll say it to the day I die is just everything that they did together was always a competition, whether it be bowling after practice or, you know, uh, playing two on two pickup after practice, you know, we, we'd have a three hour practice and they, they'd stay and stick around and play two on two pickup for another hour, hour and a half. Like they just wanted to hoop and they were ultra competitive and they wanted to win. And I think a lot in this day and age, I mean, you see these kids out there and, I, you know, I, I think they're uber talented, but do they want to compete? Do they want to grind? Do they want to be there all day or do they want to go home, play some video games, you know, chill with a girl, do whatever. And these guys didn't care about that. And, um, you know, I think they all had a dream to get into the league. And I mean, what player doesn't, but if you don't back it up, then what's the point? So I always just, does he have that dog in him? Does, does he got 
does he have a heart that he wants to, you know, play hard every day? And is he competitive? Those are the two main takeaways. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think, I think that that competitive edge in anything is really what you build upon, even whenever like times are tough. You know what I mean? Like when you're going through a slump or when you're going through maybe some, you know, games that didn't bounce your way or or whatever. I mean, I I feel like that is the teams that do bounce back from like a loss are, you know, the the super competitive teams that are just taking it personal rather than just saying, oh, we got, you know, a bad beat or, you know, whatever. But no, I would agree with, I mean, you know, that, that statement of just like looking at that team, how they played, how they addressed every single game. I mean, you, you just don't see that in most teams and no, you know, it'd be nice to, to, to kind of get, get those players, um, when you can and, and, and put them together and have a solid five or a solid, I mean, even eight, like that was a pretty deep team that, that you had. So. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, and even, I think the makeup of the college basketball athlete has changed so much, even from, Oh, like when I got to school at Illinois and Oh one to now you look at these kids and I'm not, I'm not trying to be an okay boomer guy or, you know, <laughs> you are old. Though. Yeah, oh, I, one, old. Geez. I, I know. Um, but it's just a different type of player um, that I see. Uh, and, you know, I, I've coached as recently as 2017. So it's not like I'm out of touch with it, but um, it's the, the kids have been more coddled than ever, um, whether it be through AAU um or i mean some of these kids don't even play on their high school team anymore they just worry about aau like you know that that's changed yeah. tremendously you you look at illinois high school basketball where going to state going to champagne playing at the assembly hall meant something like now going to pure they they do not care hey i'm trying to get to um aau nationals at peach jam man like that's all i care about you know and so that that's just one example of how i think it's changed well, and I think that so so my my thing with that is that you know just looking at this season, right? Like we've had five number ones and they've all lost. Like I don't know, it's just it, it seems to me like that it's it's very inconsistent play because yeah. almost the players you know show up when they want to rather than show up every game and do what's yeah. asked. But I think yeah, that's I also mean, a testament to the parity. In the like, there's just so many good basketball players out there too, um, you know. Because I I don't like I see videos <laughs> and, and stuff of like AAU games, and I I don't know how I, I couldn't sit there and watch a whole game like that because no. it it's just about showcasing um, individual talent the, exactly. And yeah. so I think it's hard to tell how a guy's going to be in a team aspect. And it's almost like you're having to, like when they get to college and are young, like you get these young, talented players. And the reason why there's a lot of inconsistency is they haven't been playing true organized, you know, team basketball, um, you know, as much as they no, should. They haven't. Right. You no, know, it's exactly right. And when they lose, well, we got another game in 30 minutes. So let's just, uh, you know, let's grab a bite to eat and we'll, we'll be ready for Like, it's just, Losing doesn't mean as much to me yeah. um, for them. And I'm not saying I, the guys are 
players now are just as talented or maybe more. Um, I think, you know, weight training is big now. And back back in the day, I mean, we didn't whip, lift weights. People thought it messed with your shot, you know, or, you know, whatever. But I, I think oh, I, I mean, can't lift today, coach. Got a game yeah. tonight. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, I got to be I got to be able to fire from 35 feet. But, um, you know, I just think there are some really fast twitch athletes in today's game that are unbelievably talented. I just think they're missing the other part of the game where it goes back to that competitiveness and, you know, just hating to lose, refusing to lose. Right. The mental aspect. Almost. Yeah. That, I mean that too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right. Well, we've, probably gone a little longer than we could but i could probably talk another hour about we'll get you out of here on uh give us your prediction for this alani team matt are they a tournament team yeah uh they're a tournament team i think right now i'm gonna give them a in that seven to eight seed in the ncaa tournament i think they're gonna finish i'll give them a top top five finish in the big ten um, top five that, top five that michigan win was huge because the wheels could have really came off hard if they yeah. lost that one too yeah can't can't go can't start zero and two for the third year in a row in the big 10 um had to have it they won and um hopefully it gives them some confidence um and like i said i'm, I'm anxious to see how this defense progresses throughout the big 10 season see how teams change uh kind of uh, you know, I, I think the Big Ten is one of the best scouted leagues in all of America. You've got coaches there that scout really, really well. And um, they'll be, you know, each team's going to make an adjustment on, on how Illinois is playing defense. It's can they, you got to find two or three wins on the road that you're probably not supposed to win, which wise Maryland's a killer. Because mm-hmm. um, that was supposed to be one though, of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could have that definitely could have been one. Even though I don't, third in the country, a little little lofty at that time. I think I think they're, you know, maybe a fifteen to twenty right. ranked team. Um, but you know, it's finding a way to win. You you got you got to beat Wisconsin this year on a down year. You got to yep. beat. You got to win at Iowa with uh, jo- Jordan Bohannon out for the rest of the season. Um, you, Purdue's even, down Rutgers, a little bit. So. Purdue's down a little bit, and even even Rutgers is having a little bit of a resurgence. They've got some players on the team, yeah. and going to play at Rutgers will be, you know, it, it's going to be a tough environment, um, in which every Big Ten road game is. But you you got to steal two or three on the road, and you got to serve, at, you know, home home yep. court, and you're you're in the tournament. All right. Well. Let's hope they do it. So I think Big Ten could get about seven teams in the tournament this year. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, you know, right off the top of my head, you're looking at Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland. Um, I still think Purdue will do it. Indiana's kind of on the border, but they, they've started off fine. They, 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 their problem is they, they haven't won away from Assembly Hall yet. Mm. And they, they got to they gotta figure that out. Well, they – they beat Connecticut in a neutral site game, but we'll see road road venues, but true road venues. Um, Penn State, Penn, Penn State's, you know, they're they're going to be tough at home. Um, and uh, who else am I missing? Just off the top of my head, um, that's 
Oh, no, Ohio another, State. Ohio State. Yeah, there we go. There. I was like, yeah, almost the number one team in the country. Right. Um, yeah, Ohio State. They're they're definitely on the path to be a top top seed. But um, yeah, yeah. Another win. You got to have Minnesota. Got to find a way. They're they're down, and um, even though they just you know beat Ohio State by double digits at Williams Arena. So well, that's what I was seeing. So Northwestern plays Michigan State soon ish it was tonight oh was it tonight Shoot. yeah Se- 77 won, 72 yeah 77 72 because it could if northwestern had won that game the entire big 10 would have been one and one absolutely i know and i so. i don't I, I couldn't tell you the last time that had happened either especially in a 14 team yeah. league yeah so, but still just one two and oh team and everybody else one and one and and then obviously northwestern oh and two but right so. So yeah, it's gonna be a it'll be a long season, and you know, see how things play out. But uh, appreciate you coming on, Matt. That was a lot of fun reminiscing yeah, hey, there a little bit and uh, hearing some stories. So, well, I appreciate you guys for having me and for thinking of me, and uh, I enjoyed it too. It's always always good to talk hoops. So I'll be around if you need me. All right, sounds good, man. All right, see y'all. See appreciate you. it. Later. Wow, that was awesome. Um, love talking to Matt and uh, hearing all those good stories and some basketball insight that he had. And it was a lot of fun. I know Kyle and I enjoyed that. And uh, we'd like to have him on again sometime. And what uh, I'd look from for you listeners is some feedback on that and what you liked hearing. Any questions about that team maybe that we could ask Matt next time we have him on or um, hit him up on Twitter or, um, he's at MDM2582 on Twitter so hit him up there and uh, don't forget to follow me at the Rivalry MC Kyle at the Rivalry KD and uh, like us and follow us on Facebook please at the Rivalry and uh, uh, we'll see you guys next week